We have a special guest with us this morning, a mentor, friend, spiritual father, and the newest overseer of Metro Believers Church. Let's give it up for Papa G, Pastor Gary Grogan, as he comes and shares the word for us this morning. Hey, 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 let's give it up for Pastor Lancelot. Woo! We love him and his wonderful family. How he got Lisa, we don't know. We serve a supernatural God who does supernatural things. So, Alyssa and Caden, love you both, proud of you, your preacher's kids that love the Lord, and you don't just have a relationship with the church or the ministry, but you have a relationship with Jesus, and we are so proud of you and grateful for you. I don't know about you, but I sensed the Lord's presence while we were worshiping. Great job, worship team. Come on now. We appreciate it. Uh, the drummer and the singer there, that's husband and wife. Man, you got a good voice, girl. You got a good voice. And I wish I could grow a beard, like, not like her, but not like her. Yeah, there he is, like Judah right there. I, I mean, you, you know, what are those guys down in Louisiana? What were those guys with? What? Yeah, Duck Dynasty, dude. If you wore camo, you'd be awesome, man. <laughs> oh, it's so good to be here. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 27. We're going to talk about loving the Lord's body. We had an elders and spouse dinner on Friday night, and Matt and Allison are on holiday headed to a resort in Mexico, and right now, we don't like you. But we will pray through and get over it. <laughs> enjoy the sunshine, enjoy each other. You, you know what the Sabbath is, don't you? It's not a 24-hour period. It's finding your rhythm in life. You have to be okay in a crowd with people. We're the body of Christ. And you have to be okay alone with your Bible in contemplation and meditation and in prayer. You have to be okay both ways. I think sometimes we hide behind our personality temperaments and we excuse unchristlike, non-Christlike behavior. We're very timid and we won't engage socially. I don't believe that's the way Jesus was. We're, we're so outgoing, we're obnoxious and controlling and bullies. And I don't believe Jesus was that way either. So, you know, if you're an introvert, pray Jesus will make you an ambivert. If you're an ambivert, extrovert, pray that Jesus will make you an ambivert. Right down the middle on the highway of holiness. Let's avoid the ditches of legalism and liberalism. What do you say? I knew I'd get an amen out of Chuck over there. I mean, when you bring your own chair to church... That's pretty cool. I'm just telling you, those Green Bay fans back there bring their own chairs. Just amazing. I have to confess to you, you might not like me, I have more faith than you. I'm a hopeless Bears fan. Oh, wow. I thought I'd get some booze. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So Dave and Kristen and your family, thank you for serving the Lord. Thank you for uh, responding to the call of leadership here at Metro Believers Church. And, and uh, John and Mandy, thank you. John, I think you could be a stand-up comedian. I, I really do. I, I think you have that joy of the Lord anointing. Uh, Shalon, I'm not sure I said that right, but I was close. Shalom, Shalon, something like that. Yeah, you have a unique name. You are a unique person. And uh, actually, I met Phil, her husband, down in New Orleans, Louisiana. I get all emotional when I talk about the military because when God called me to the ministry, I thought he called me to be a military chaplain. And I have been for 47 and a half years. I'm in the Lord's army, okay? And I'm just happy to serve the Lord. I love the Lord. I'm not into this for myself. I'm into this for Jesus. I want, I want to serve the Lord. I'm happy to be saved. I'm not interested in backsliding. I'm not interested in going the way of the world. I want to walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit and grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. But Phil, we do honor you today. As a Marine, thank you for serving our country. And we're glad you're home visiting. And it's going to be a long 18 months. And would you put him on your prayer list? Would you do that? And sorry for getting all emotional up here among all you Scandinavians and Norwegians and Swedes. And I married a Minnesota girl like the Beach Boys. I wish they could all be Minnesota girls. Except they sing California girls. So we're talking about the Lord's body, the Lord's church. You don't just love the head, do you? You love the body of Christ. Much and most of what I've experienced with God has been in the context of the body of Christ. Well, preacher, you've never been hurt by the church. Oh, yeah. You know, I know that preachers hurt people. I know that people get hurt in churches. But this is what Jesus specializes in. He's our healer. And he heals us of our wounds. It's okay to be broken. A broken and a contrite heart. The world throws away broken things. But God embraces broken things. When Gideon's pitchers were broken, that's when the lights shined. When Jesus blessed the bread and the fishes and broke them, that's when the miracle of multiplication takes place. When the woman broke the alabaster box of perfume and unknowingly was anointing the body of Jesus for burial, that's when the fragrance in the room was released. And when your life and my life is broken, that's when the presence of God is released, the goodness of God, the anointing of God, the blessing of God. But when we're hurt... When we're wounded, that's when we've got to know Jesus as healer. You know him as your savior, but sometimes we need to know him as our healer. I've been hurt. I've had people post nasty things online about me. I've, I had a lady start a petition that I was no longer qualified to be the pastor. You know, the flesh part of me felt kind of good. She could only get six signatures. They were all her family members. But, you know, she'd gotten hurt in the church and, you know. Let's talk about the Lord's body. 
Uh, to you missionaries, I hope you feel that the Lord is answering your prayers. And uh, this church is praying for you and giving. My wife and I, I gave my offering this morning to Pastor Lance. Don't forget to give that. Don't pocket that. God will get you. God will get you. <laughs> I'm just with family, the body of Christ. Um, let's just, you know, they have needs. They have needs. You know, could you give a car payment? Could you give a monthly internet payment? Teenagers, could you give your week's allowance to a missionary couple that's trying to reach people for Jesus? Um, so, you have it, Matthew chapter 27. Would you stand in honor of God's word, turn in your devices or in your Bible? It will be on the screen, and we will read verses 57 through 60. Matthew chapter 27 as we read about the body of Jesus Christ. Now when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, and he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. I always like to say, may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word and give us understanding and revelation. Amen? Amen? Ah, you can be seated. I always thought it was weird when I was a kid and the preachers would say, you can be seated if you can. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> there is nothing like a local church when it is functioning the way God wants it to function. The, the beauty and the anointing that flows through a local church. People's needs are met. People are encouraged. Relationships are built. The truth is proclaimed. Needs are met. There is nothing like the local church when it is working right. A man came up to me one time and he said the modern day church has atrophy. And he went on to say that we were nothing like the first century church and he was no longer going to be a part of organized religion. And my heritage is English and French but mainly uh, Irish and I tend to blame my sin on my Irish ancestors and my wife gets on me about that and and once in a while I just have these little responses and when he said I'm not going to be a part of organized religion anymore I said okay let's just be disorganized and he didn't laugh and I said well let's go back then to the first century where 
living e even to 40 years of age was a big accomplishment. And let's just go back to the first century like you want where we don't have conveniences. I like heat in the wintertime. I like air conditioning in the summertime. I'm a man. If it wasn't for a microwave, I would not be able to cook. I like restaurants. I like, I like Starbucks. Let's just go back to the first century. The truth is, there are no first century churches. And the Lord does not want any first century churches. Our calling is to be a 21st century church with an eternal first century message. Now, of course, this man's answer was not to attend church, not to support the local outreach of the church, or the worldwide missionary outreach of a church fellowship. And the sad thing about those kind of people is that they do not have an understanding. They do not have a revelation of the body of Christ, of the Lord's body. By the way, I looked up the word atrophy, and it's a wasting away disease of the body from defective nutrition or nerve damage. Atrophy is a degeneration or decline of the body from disuse. But his idea of atrophy was the body isn't doing what the head is telling it to do. He couldn't even get his medical terms right let alone his theology right. For me, I love the church. I love God's people. I love the body of Christ, not just his head. It would be false theology, false teaching to say I love the Lord, but I don't like the church. In our text, we read of this man named Joseph of Arimathea. And at great personal expense, economic expense, reputation expense, he took care of the crucified body of our Lord. It cost him money. It cost him time. It cost him his personal reputation among Jewish leaders. It's obvious to me that Joseph loved the Lord Jesus, and that included his body. Now this is a picture, what we just read, this Easter story, part of the Easter story that we just read. It is a picture, it is an example of those who are deeply devoted and deeply committed to take care of the Lord's body. It is odd to me how Christians in the Western world, in our case in America, have such a little understanding of church, such a small concept of the local assembly. The ecclesia, the called out ones, that's the Greek word, close to the Spanish word. The, the, the called out ones, the assembled ones, you remember the tabernacle of Moses in the Old Covenant? And eventually the Temple of Solomon came out of that? The very Hebrew word for tabernacle means 
the assembly of God's people. There are dimensions of God's character and nature and certainly movings of the Holy Spirit that you cannot experience on your own. You have to be together with the tabernacle, with the ecclesia, the church, in order to have a full revelation of the goodness of God, the care of God, the provision of God, to experience the full manifest presence of God. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, but I'm preaching good right there. <laughs> in our country, I would just say, if you're healthy, you need to be in church. If you don't feel good, stay at home. But we've given people an excuse not to come to church. And we, it's all about convenience. It's all about instantaneous Christianity. And I'm sorry, there's just dimensions of the presence of God you cannot experience on your own in your PJs. You just can't do it. There's too many distractions. We don't listen as good. We, we don't fellowship. We don't, you're not doing anything illegal. You're being careful. Wear a mask if you want to. Distance yourself from people. You don't need to shake hands if you don't. What, we're not forcing anybody to do anything, and you're not breaking any law. The truth is, what we're doing is biblical. It's theologically sound. If church was just man's idea, then why do people in Muslim countries and in communist countries like China risk their livelihood, their reputation, their employment, and sometimes their very lives just to do what we are doing right now? You need to pray that you get a revelation of the church. You need to pray that you get an understanding a word of wisdom, some knowledge about the church. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on what God has for you. This is God's idea. I've had the privilege of preaching this gospel in 54 countries of the earth. England, jolly old England. I preached in communist countries before the Berlin Wall, the Iron Curtain fell. I've been in the Sichuan province with the underground church. And what would be governors here, it depends on what part of China, how much the church is persecuted. There is a church above ground, but the largest church in China is underground. Dr. Frank Lee, a Chinese intellectual, a geologist, who came to Jesus through our ministry in Urbana, Illinois, home of the Fighting Illini that usually gets beat by the Wisconsin Badgers. Oh, hush up. He took me to Longchong, China to teach in a teacher's college. And we went at night way out into the country. To be honest with you, I was a bit apprehensive. We go through this one place and he goes, 
lay down in the back seat, cover up with a blanket. I'm like, Jesus, I really don't want to die here. We get to this little bitty village. And there's at least 30 people there, all pastors, women and men. Two bishops, a husband and wife team. She oversaw about 100 churches. He oversaw 200 churches. And I was supposed to bring the Word of God. But I wanted to know about him. And I said, tell me your story. Tell me your story. The food was really good, but I couldn't eat. And I'm hearing story after story of persecution, of children being bullied and beat up at school because their parents had become Christians and Christians ministers. And if you're saved, you're a minister, by the way. Pastor Lance and the elders are not the only ministers here. You were saved to serve. You were not saved just to die and go to heaven. You were saved to be salt and light on this planet. There are people that you can touch and people that you can reach for Jesus that nobody else can. You are the bridge over troubled waters for somebody. God gave you a unique temperament and a unique personality and fingerprints like nobody else on the earth. And you can reach people that no pastor or elder could ever reach. You are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So live like it. Boy, I'm preaching now. <laughs> we're, we're, most of us are adults here, and I'll be careful in my comments. The female bishop, her and her husband were arrested, taken to a jail, beaten. She was raped twice, each by four different guards in front of her husband. He was beaten bloody and unconscious. They broke his arm, wouldn't let him get it set. It's all deformed. I'm just crying. I'm bawling. It's like I complain when it's too hot in church. I know pastors get upset because punctuation is wrong on the screen and a word is misspelled. Well, I think punctuation and words ought to be right on the screen, but I don't think you should lose your joy over it. It's not going to keep Jesus from coming back. You guys are just too easy. You're pulling the preach out of me. I'll get with it here in a minute. Sermon doesn't have to be everlasting to have eternal results. I know that. I've listened to a lot of sermons. I've preached a lot, but I've listened to a lot too. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! She seemed to be healed of all the physiological, psychological issues that somebody would have that had that happen to them. During the worship, she was like the most joyful person there. I'm telling you, Jesus heals. He does. He heals. I believe in therapists. I believe in counselors. I believe in doctors and all that. But the ultimate healer is Jesus Christ. He will use those people to bring healing to your life. Submit. Find a good one, a Christian one. She seemed to be healed to me. He seemed to be healed to me. He still had a physically deformed arm. And I, I'm crying and I'm, I'm like, how do you do this? And they said, we knew when we gave our lives to Jesus and surrendered to the call of God 
to be pastors that we would be persecuted. And it's okay because our Lord was persecuted for us. He was ridiculed. He was stripped publicly. He was beaten. He was humiliated. He was mutilated. He was crucified. He hung between heaven and earth for my sin and I can serve him. I didn't have much to say to them that night. I couldn't sleep the rest of that night. If church was man's idea, then why are there brothers and sisters like that who are willing to go through pain and suffering for what we're doing here this morning? Church is more important and a bigger deal than most people in the Western world realize. God did not raise up Metro Believers Church for it to decline and close. God raised up Metro Believers Church to be a light in a dark place and shine forth the gospel of redemption. Here's a great outline from this passage about loving the Lord's body. Here's what Joseph did. First of all, he removed the body from being stuck. It says in the verse, first part of verse 59, and when Joseph had taken the body, the body of Jesus was stuck on the cross. He took the body. That's what your Christian service does in a local church. That's what your attending and volunteering and serving does. Each person doing their part removes the local church, the Lord's body, from being stuck. It's only as we, His people, unselfishly serve and unselfishly give, can the Lord's body be released into our communities and into the world in which God wants to send it to redeem fallen mankind. Ephesians 4.16, the New Living Translation. He, that is Jesus, makes the whole body fit together purposely, perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The New King James of that phrase, as each part does its own special work, says, every part does its share. The English Standard Version of that phrase says, when each part is working properly. That's why I say there's nothing more beautiful than a local church, when it's functioning the way it's supposed to function. When we as followers of Jesus refuse to serve and refuse to give, we are leaving the body of Christ stuck on a cross. Workers are needed, resources are needed to carry out the plans of God for our communities. Those who refuse to attend, those who refuse to serve, they refuse to give. They prove that they really don't love the Lord's body. It's so sad. I love the church. It's the hope of the world. Not government. <laughs> not, not a local government, not a state government, not a federal government. That is not the hope of the world. Aren't you glad? It's the church. I was at a church conference and a man was saying some things about the local church, things that I'd never heard before. And I was with a bunch of Methodists. 
And as this man was talking about the local church, the Holy Spirit came on me. And my eyes flooded with tears and they began to go down my cheeks and I'm experiencing the presence of the Lord. And I got the CD and I had a secretary transcribe what this man said about the local church. And he said, he's the one that said, there is nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. It comforts the grieving. It heals the broken in the context of community. It builds bridges to the lost. It offers truth to the confused. It provides resources for those in need. It opens up its arms to the forgotten, the downtrodden, and the disillusioned. It breaks the chains of addiction. It frees the oppressed and offers belonging to the marginalized, whatever the capacity for human suffering. The church, the body of our Lord, has a greater capacity for healing and wholeness. The man that I was with, Dr. Roger Ross, as he saw me weeping and crying, he said, Gary, are you okay? I said, Roger, I'm okay. I believe what he said with all my heart. Let's be like Joseph of Arimathea and make sure the body of Christ is not stuck. Nobody wants to be a part of any organization, let alone a church that is just stuck. Let's be faithful in our attendance, faithful in our service, faithful in our giving because the church is not and will not be like any other organization on the planet. It is the body of Christ. It's a sacred thing. Number two, Joseph took the body of Christ to a place it had never been. Notice the last part of verse number 59, the second part. He wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. So many people just don't understand that their work, their volunteerism, their serving, their giving in a local church, that's what brings glory to the Lord. In the real Lord's Prayer in John chapter 17, we call Luke chapter 6, our Father which art in heaven, we call that the Lord's Prayer. That's actually a model prayer. The real Lord's Prayer is in John chapter 17. And Jesus said to the Father, I've glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do in verse 4. God has a plan. God has work for every local church to do. God has a plan. God has work for every believer, every Christ follower to do. And unless that believer, and unless that church does the work that God has called them to do, he's not glorified in their communities. Ministry for the Lord, done in the right way, it takes the Lord's body to places it's never been. God wants Metro Believers Church to be a redemptive center where people can find Jesus. Dynamic teaching. And I know your pastor. He's got good theology. And he knows the Bible. And he loves the Bible. And how he got his wife, I don't know. I'm being bad. It's the Irish in me. <laughs> this is what church is all about. Dynamic teaching, inspiring worship. He wants it to be a place of Christian community and family. 
He wants your church, Metro Believers Church, to be involved in effective evangelism and discipleship. He wants it to be a place of joyful service, not where you have to drag yourself out of bed and say, oh, I got to go to church today. I wonder what kind of trouble we're going to have at church today. That's why we don't deal with stuff up front on a Sunday morning. The elders deal with it. We don't want you to come to church and have to hear about discipline matters and stuff like that. You've got to trust the elders, and if you have a concern, you talk to them about it. We're called to reach the lost, to strengthen families, to transform our communities, and literally change the world. We have this unique mission to fulfill on planet Earth, the church. I would say the future of society, this city, your area depends largely on whether or not we understand the mission of the church. And our mission is our message. And that message is Jesus Christ absolutely changes human hearts. I've had people say, you ever seen Jesus turn water to wine? And I'm like, no, but I've seen him turn winos to water. <laughs> yes. If you want to get high, get high on the Holy Ghost. You don't need any marijuana. Get high on Maranatha. Behold, the Lord's coming. There's nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. My home church in a little country town in western Illinois literally saved my life. I was dying. I had peritonitis. An infection had set in from ruptured uh, uh, appendix and the doctor called in my family and my 24 year old lead pastor called a 24 hour prayer meeting and people came to the church a little church of about 125 30 people you don't have to be a big church to do the will of God you just got to be a healthy church and a healthy church is made up of healthy leaders and healthy people that's the secret there's no other organization on this earth like the church nothing even comes close the grace and beauty of God running through the local church the blessing flows it's it's not about great facilities it's not even about great preaching I like great preaching but I've seen preaching centered churches they attract large crowds but they don't have any significant long-term impact on their community. The key to taking the church, the body where it's not been before, is a little band of servant leaders. They're humbly providing strategy and vision and passion for the Lord's body, for the church. I'm asking you, would you be like Joseph of Arimathea and help take this church to a place it's never been before? These are actually great days. They are difficult days, but they are great days for the dedicated and the consecrated, for those who will serve. We can take the church to a place that it's never been before. One last thing in our text. Joseph removed the body from being stuck. He took it to a place it had never been. And look at verse 60. He positioned it for resurrection. Woo, I get excited on this one. It says in verse 60, he laid it in his tomb and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of a rock. That must have taken some time. Probably like me, he hired somebody to mow his grass. 
and rake his leaves, but I do snow blow my driveway. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. So costly for Joseph. But thank God he did it. If you love the local church, if you are serving and working and giving faithfully, do you know what you are doing? Aggie, do you know what you're doing by getting the refreshments ready for us? Getting those scones over there? Looks like juice and some coffee, nectar of the bean. If you love the local church, if you're serving and working and giving faithfully, this is so great. You are among those who are preparing the Lord's body. You're preparing the Lord's body to be resurrected, to go to new places of effectiveness and ministry. There is absolutely nothing more fun than being a part of a healthy local church. Imagine being a part of a local church that is not bound by personalities, program, institution, but it's a place where followers of Jesus really love each other. We're real. We accept one another. We can't be a part of this cancel culture that's going on in Western society. If you don't 100% agree with me, I cancel you out. That's of the devil. That's need to be repented of. We have to love one another and accept people that are different than us and not tolerate our differences, but celebrate our differences somehow in some way. We help one another regardless of our faults. We cry together. We laugh together. We believe in each other together. We encourage each other. I believe with all my heart the answer to the needs in our communities is found in a healthy, growing, loving, disciple-making local church. It's the call of God on this church to produce fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Disciples. Disciples. A couple of pictures in your mind of the local church in the Old Covenant. I want you to think of Noah's Ark. I want you to think of the houses of the Hebrews marked with the blood of the Lamb in the land of Goshen there in Egypt. Those in the ark were safe from the flood. And those in their homes marked with the Lamb's blood were safe from the death angel that was passing through Egypt. I predict, I predict that only those in a growing, loving, healthy local church are going to be able to survive the storms that are all around us. And my advice is, get in the church. Be safe. Love the church, the body of our Lord, and not just His head. Some people have been raised around the church all their life, but they're not really in the church. They haven't changed that much. The same problems they had last year, they still have this year. Get in the ark. Get in the church if you want to be saved from the flood of filth that is in our culture. The death angel is passing through our culture. And if you're not in the church and in fellowship, you're going to be devoured. Get in the house. It's covered with the blood. Get in the church. Grow, serve, give love the church, love the Lord's body, nothing like the Lord's church when it's working right. I'm going to ask the musicians to come.
the local church is so important. I'm going to wrap it up. That always gives people hope when the preacher says, in conclusion, I'm going to wrap it up. It always gives people hope. I'm here to give you hope today. <laughs> Here's what the church does. It's on the screen. It helps you center. It helps us center our lives around God. I had this wonderful church receptionist named Kathy for many years. I pastored the same church for 28 and a half years. It was the joy of my life. It grew every single year. Not always a lot, but every single year. There's always attrition. People pass away. People move. People get hurt. Or they're led to another church. But every single year, it grew. And I passed the torch to one of my sons in the faith. And now he's my pastor. He's 30 years younger than me, but he's the boss. Thank you. I'm loving this stage of life and ministry. I have influence with no organizational responsibility. Hallelujah. Behold your future if you're faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. She said to me, Kathy said to me, Pastor, if I miss church, my week just doesn't go right. It's dis disjointed. And maybe what you need is to get back in with God's people. It helps you to center your life around God. It'll help you to connect with other believers. You cannot find purpose in isolation. If you cut your finger off, it won't grow. It won't live. It has to be connected to the body. And it's the same way with you and me. The church will help you to cultivate spiritual maturity. You may be a baby Christian, a new Christian now. But God does not want you to stay that way. God wants you to grow. And you cannot do it alone. You don't have a baby. And then bring that baby home and say, refrigerator there, stove there, see you, kid. You nurture that baby. You take care of that baby. And spiritually, it's the same way. The church will help you to contribute something back. Life is not about just acquiring more and more and more. When is more enough? We're not put on earth to live for ourselves. You were put on earth to be sold in life to make the world, your neighborhood, a better place place you were saved to serve one of the best ways to serve God is to serve your fellow man this is my 33rd winter to live in Urbana Illinois I have a neighbor Dr. Ron retired professor from the University of Illinois we are so far removed ideologically. But I have the love of the Lord for him. I have snow plowed and shoveled his driveway and sidewalk 33 winters. And he's never said thank you one time. on the internet last year I preached for Pastor Ricky I don't know two or three or four services and 
and had to get home and I said Bonnie I, I, I don't have time to to, to eat yet I, I need to change clothes and I need, I need to snow plow some of our neighbors driveway I got an old couple a single lady whose husband died and another family they've got heart issues and Dr. Ron and I'm sweating I've got all my stuff on and snows all over me and I'm trying to keep the joy of the Lord and not say anything bad and and I finally get done with Dr. Ron's I'm ready to go eat lunch and I'd already preached three or four times prayed for people counseled people and I'm pushing the stupid snowblower across the street and Dr. Ron and Rebecca pull in like this and I wave and he turns his head looks the other way I'm like in the name of Jesus to you too <laughs> but I'm believing God he'll get saved God put me on this planet to make it a better place. You were born for a reason. The church will help you to communicate God's message, His love. This is our mission, each of us, to tell others what God has done for us. There are so many benefits to the local church, to a church family. It's a great way to live. Just like me. You and I need the local church. Let's love the Lord's body. Stand with me, will you please? Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you're not right with the Lord Jesus, you're out of fellowship with Him. You know you've been saying and doing things you ought not do. You really don't have the assurance that heaven is your home, but you want that assurance. Religion will not save you. Ideologies will not save you. Democracy will not save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. Someday when you stand at the gate of heaven and the Lord says, why should I let you in? You cannot say, because my daddy was a preacher, because my mommy taught a Bible study, because my parents were elders, because I went to Metro Believers Church. The only way you're going to get into heaven is if you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life and be your Lord and be your Savior. We confess our sins to Him. We admit that we are sinners. We believe that He died on the cross for us. He was suspended between heaven and earth. We confess Him as our Lord and Savior. We ask Him to come into our heart. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Preacher, I don't have the assurance that if I was to die today or the Lord would come back, heaven would be my home, but I want to. And I want you to pray for me. If that's you, lift your hand up long enough and high enough for me to see it and say, Preacher, pray for me. I need to get serious in my relationship with Jesus. I need to surrender my life to the Lord. I need to surrender my will to the Lord. I need to give my life to Jesus. How many here today would say, Preacher, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to be born of the Spirit, born again. Protestantism, Catholicism, no religion of the earth will save you. Only Jesus can save you. Lord, 
And we're assuming everybody here has been born again. I pray that's true. Now help us to live like it. Help us to not to stop being critical about the church. It's your body. Help us to love the church, serve the church, give to the church. Thank you for godly leaders, Lord. Thank you for leaders whose motives are to build up the body of Christ. They're not in it for themselves. They're in it for you, Jesus. We pray for this next chapter of Metro Believers Church. Lord, we want to see people saved. This year, Lord, would you give us 10 brand new people. And Lord, we know you move people from one church to the other so that they can serve and give and all that stuff. But Lord, we're praying for new souls. Give us brand new people who are saved and discipled, water baptized, Lord filled with the Holy Spirit. We're believing you this year, 2021, for a minimum of 10 new souls, people that are lost, who come into Jesus. They come into you. I pray the Lord bless you. I pray the Lord keep you. I pray the Lord make His face shine upon you. I pray His countenance be turned to you. I pray that you walk in His peace and in His goodness, in Jesus' name.